Saturday View with Liam Dumpleton on Midlands 183. In association with Guy Clothing Tullamore. Find Guy Clothing Tullamore on Facebook. Call Lee now on 0818 300 103. Text or WhatsApp your Saturday view to 083 30 10 103. Uh, good morning, bad to the bone. Do you like it? I said it was kind of badass, so it's nice to have it. And uh, that's our intro from now on, bad to the bone. Now, good morning to you and good morning everybody listening this morning. 0818 300 103 is our comment line. Now, I want you to think about all the things that you take for granted. Normal things, everyday things, getting up in the morning, having a shower, locking the hall door, getting into your car or onto the bus or onto the train or if you're flying on your holidays, getting onto a plane, going into a shop, supermarket, into a lift, going up an escalator, using a toilet cubicle, a changing room, stuff that you do without even thinking, coming home at night, locking the door, turning off your lights and going upstairs to bed and doing all that. You know, things that you do every day and don't think twice about it. But you will now, or at least I hope you will, because because all of that is nearly next to impossible or traumatic even for the lady that's sitting here in front of me. Why? Well, because simply her life has been turned upside down by two terrible phobias to have and they've affected her whole way of living. And if you're listening this morning, it could affect your day, your life. One is claustrophobia, the fear of enclosed spaces. And the other one is one that I hadn't heard of until this week, clethrophobia. That's the fear of being trapped. Very similar to claustrophobia. So I want to hear from you this morning and you can give Nelly a call. Nelly's on the phone so you can text in her WhatsApp on 083 30 10 103 if you have the same phobias. And really it's, it's just incredible what it can do to your life. I have Sarah in front of me. Hello Sarah. Hi Liam, how are you? I'm well, I'm grand. Have I... Paint the picture for me, Sarah. I've never come across... Okay, well, basically, the meaning of phobia is an irrational fear. So even for me, I find it irrational what I have to live with. So for me to explain it to people... Um, they, where they find it strange, weird, you're looking for attention, um, would you not pull yourself together? You know, well, if I was sitting beside you, it wouldn't happen. Or, you know, you've really got to try. Why don't you try harder? Um, Do people I, say that to you? Constantly, yes. So I don't know which is worse to actually live with the condition because it's both conditions, claustrophobia and clethrophobia, or the constant explaining myself 24-7 to people, even to close friends and family. I'd never heard of clethrophobia before until I met you. Yeah. Well, basically, you see, I, I didn't even know I, because I was trying to explain to my own doctor about claustrophobia and he, he knows for the last 15 years because he's my doctor here in Tullamore. And he said, I have chronic claustrophobia where a lot of people say, yes, I have that. I'm very claustrophobic in that situation. What I have is chronic. So basically, from the moment I open my eyes in the morning, I have to just find out his doors locked or they opened, put a handbag in between a toilet door if I'd go public public toilet um, where I can't have it closed um, to travel over to family say in Athlone I would have to take three Xanax to get there to actually get there but I can't go on the motorway or a bypass Why is, why is that now? Because I, mean, I, I can't see an exit Okay So for the whole thing of being it's constantly not wanting to be trapped so you see even now you have the door open here in the studio if that wasn't opened I wouldn't be able to have this interview Really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's constantly watching. Are there doors opened? Is there a way of an escape? Can you escape? Sleeping at night with the light on, with the bedroom door opened. Um, 
you know, constant, just just every part of every every day of your routine. Um, my son is actually in college up in Dublin, or in Dundalk, doing his master's degree. I haven't been able to go up and visit him. Because you can't travel. I can't travel. Right. So I have to just rely on phone calls or or basically he came to visit me a couple of weeks ago, a surprise visit, and it was brilliant. So what other people take for granted? And um, as I said to you, the hard part for me is where people will just like, as I lost a really, really close friend there recently where he actually, and we'd be friends since Dublin for years and years, where he said, um, I really at this stage just think you're looking for attention. You're joking. Yeah. And people think you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Even, like you mentioned at one point to me during the week when we were kind of talking about it, that you can't even go to the second floor of a building. No, I can't. So so where people will probably ring in and people say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a bit claustrophobic, I can't get into the lift. So I have the both. I can't get into the lift and I can't go on the stairs either. So I can go up the first flight. But if it's a second flight, I can't go because I can't see the exit. So it's I have And could this be even I mean forgive me if I ask some stupid questions today, but if even if you went to a floor where there was lots of windows, it's no. still because you can't see a way out. No, I can't see a way out. That stops you from doing so many things. It stops me from doing but then when people meet me and they see how happy I am and you know, I'm friendly and whatever, that's why I think they think I'm making it up because they're possibly thinking, How could you possibly be happy if you're living with all that? But I just don't let it affect me. I just try and work my life around you know, doing things that make me happy. Um, in the lockdown was very, 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 very hard because the shops were all closed. And so when I, my one outlet was walking. So once then I was out one day and I was walking and all the shops were closed. And I said, I can't get in anywhere. Everyone's locked. So to ring my son, he was studying at home at the time because it was locked down. He had to walk up to me because I couldn't go forward or backward and he'd ring a taxi for me to get into to get home. And how far away were you from, from Only the house? a couple of minutes from the house, just literally. But I, my feet were stuck to the You ground. literally I froze. Yeah, I, could, I literally froze. I couldn't go forward or backwards. That's incredible. Yeah. And you mentioned there around that the, you have to have the television on. Did you say keys beside you as well to make sure that they're Yeah, there? I have constantly, I have my keys beside me all the time. I have my phone in my hand constantly. If I have a shower, I have the phone right beside at the end of the bath. Hopefully it doesn't get wet. Sometimes I'd have a friend on the phone to talk to me when I'm having a shower. Um, it's That's the whole amazing. fear. Yeah, I'm de- terrified that the door is going to slam and I'd be trapped and I'd be locked. And yeah, It's stuff that we, I mean, and I kind of, I, I'm almost feeling like apologising for saying stuff that we would take for granted, but for you, completely, completely different. Yeah, and, and I did one. I said this to you during the week. I want to stress, I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me or this is not a sympathy vote or anything because believe me, I have a good life apart from it all. Do you get I, that? Do you get? I, I know you probably get idiots out there saying, oh, yeah. you'll be grand and you'll get over it, but do you get that as well, the, the pity factor? Oh, God, love you. Do, you. do you get that? No, I get a lot of, oh, God, that's weird. Oh, okay. A lot of that. Yeah. Or, um, or I guess, you know, you have to pull yourself together or, um, but you come on with me. If you're, if I'm sitting beside you in the car, it's not going to happen. I won't let that happen to you. But really? you're like, yeah, I can't get on the train and tell them why. I don't think I'm even allowed because the last time I was on it was where I tried my hardest from listening to people saying, pull yourself together. I got on and within three seconds I'd passed out on the ground. And the once I see the door closing, the whole train had to stop. People were late for work. So you're constantly apologising for having it. Plus, you just don't want to upset other people as well. But you must feel like telling me to go and f- off, you know. Well, a, a girl said to me the other day, um, 
no, I, I think, you, you know, you're making this up and basically, you know, um, if you're in the car beside me, you'll be fine. And, you know, and I said, I'll tell you what you do. Will you just listen to the radio on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and then get back to me? We're going to take an ad break because um, I want people to digest that and think about that. And if you if you're you don't have to be the same, but if you're if you're similar, if this rings any bells with you, uh, give us a call because I'd like to hear your own thoughts or even send us a text if you don't want to call. Don't want to call. Uh, we're talking about claustrophobia, clethrophobia. It's just, it's literally that word, it's a fear. It's simply a fear. Have a think about it and uh, give us a call. And uh, Sarah is here telling her story. Yeah, Therese Ann has been on. Good morning, Liam. I have clystophobia. I dread having to use a lift. I could never do it on my own. Petrified. Then with my health conditions, I've had to have MRI scans and I've had over five years and so due another one soon. I'm actually dreading it. You would think having five MRIs and I'd be okay. No, it gets worse every time for me, Liam. Unless you have it, you don't understand. Those who don't will never understand it. At times, I feel physically sick from the whole thing. Uh, thank you very much uh, for you. Uh, and, and we're talking about claustrophobia this morning and claustrophobia. If you've got a phobia of anything, uh, let me know because we're, we're talking to an amazing woman. I'm blown away, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, how did, can I ask you, how did it start? Yeah, it started basically, I had bronchial pneumonia in both lungs. I was five years of age and I was living in Dublin with my parents and my sister, who's a year older than me. And uh, as I said, I was five years of age and um, my father came home from work. My mother said I couldn't breathe. So he took me in his arms and ran next door to the doctor who happened. We actually lived next door to a doctor. And he said, get this, get her to hospital immediately. Rang ahead and I think it was an ambulance called or whatever. And uh, I went into a coma. So I was put into an oxygen tent. You went into a coma? Yeah. So I was uh, put into an oxygen tent, the coma. And um, I actually still... I, I can remember waking up, but by that stage, my mother and father had obviously gone to the canteen in the hospital because they were taking it in turns to sit with me while I was in the coma. And I couldn't get out of the plastic oxygen tent and it was thick plastic. I can still remember it. I can see it clearly. And that is where it stemmed from. Ah, okay. Yeah. Trapped. Trapped, yeah. I think you're amazing, first of all. Can I just say this before the end of the chat? I think I think you're incredible. Thanks. You're confident. You look very comfortable. You're telling your story. And I admire anybody who's, who goes through something and can talk about it. Yeah. And they always say the big thing is to talk about it, to get it out there. Because I know there's people this morning that have a similar condition. And God love them, they're probably saying, I'm too embarrassed to talk about it. Mm. If anybody finds out, you know, I can't do it. So fair news to you. And I want to say that we have people who are listening this morning because they're saying to you, you know, that you're doing great. Um the condition that you have, I, I don't know, what, do you call it a condition or what, what, what well, do people say? For for years it was never called as condition. I was refused nine times with for disability because, I mean, don't forget I was a sales manager on the road with a company car and at that stage I thought I was cured and what happened was, and I was cured and what happened was I went away to Galway one weekend with my auntie and my son and he was five. How ironic as well that it was he was five and um he asked me to go into a simulator with him in Galway and um, we actually have him on the line oh, right, would you believe we yeah, have we have okay. your son on the line he, there is timing for you isn't yeah. that incredible uh, we have we have Sarah's son on the line uh, good morning hi good morning how are you I'm very well now you have I, I have your mam here with us she's telling us an incredible story tell her what, what's it like you, you've lived with this at home well, um, I can I can uh, quickly start off with finishing the story because I remember that story as clear as day. You know, despite me only being like five, um, like uh, it, it was um, it was a very 
straightforward, very simple uh, simulator machine where you just get in and it just pretends as if you're in another world. And it, that's all it is. It's only like rocks yourself from left to right. But I just remember on that day, because um, it was basically just my mother and I, we, we got in, we sat down and the, the large door then closed over and hissed closed. And my my mom, she just had a full-blown panic attack, like out of nowhere. And I like I had no idea what was going on. And um I, I think I think honestly think she passed out as well during that and when the um the machine opened back up there was uh, a couple of staff and such that came over and I remember that was really the the start of it cuz I I'd never experienced it before. Um experiencing it with my mother it was definitely something I don't think a lot of people really understand when they, you know, when they explain, oh, you know, I have a bit of claustrophobia or claustrophobia or whatever. It's 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 not as like simple as, oh, I feel a bit uncomfortable getting in a lift. Like, I'd be walking with my mother and I'd actually instinctually now looking for exits and such, and then reassuring my mother, all right, here here's the here's the doorway out that way. Here's this. Here's that. Um, I'd be looking in certain parts of the building and knowing that my mother actually can't even go there. Like uh, there would be uh, a place to go to, and it's like, oh, yeah, uh, like we'd ha- uh, we'd be told, oh, you got just use this elevator and get up, and I just kind of sigh and just go, you can't, and and especially for like family outings and such as well, where um, some folks would just say, ah, sure, you know, just like just just go on the like the N52 or just you know take uh, take the train to go to here to go to there. It's like can't do that. So you're constantly looking out as ahead for her to make sure that if you like the road is clear and that there's a way out and you're keeping an eye on what's coming. The whole lot, yeah, honestly. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's really unfortunate because, um, See, you, you said something there interesting at the start. You went, uh, people say, you know, oh, I've a bit of that or I'm a bit claustrophobic. It's like saying to somebody, you know, I, you know, you can't get a bit pregnant. You know, <laughs> either you have it or you don't. I mean, it's like it's it's a terrible thing. No, honestly, it's like I was saying, it got, because it got it's 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 a it's a very nasty condition that my mother has as well. It's um it's to a point where I don't know if it's mentioned before, but she literally can't go on motorways, which um which is a very unique uh, aspect of it because the, the point of claustrophobia uh, especially is that it's the actual fear of being trapped rather than fear of just closed spaces and like claustrophobia, where um, in, in, in the mind of someone who has it, the, the sort of the long stretch of a motorway effectively comes across as just this, it may as well be a very t- tight and narrow tunnel because, you know, like you can, you can, Get, drive off to the side and like get out the car whenever you want of course obviously but but not because like but the thing about phobia is that they're irrational they are irrational fears and just when it takes control of someone like that like i have a uh, sexophobia which is um uh the fear of wasps and i know a wasp won't sting me if i stay perfectly still but like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, still like there yeah people. it's still inside yeah, your head yeah Yes, your your mom is uh, bursting with pride here as you're talking. You're a great speaker, by the way. Well, you're you're you come across very well. Uh, She's beaming with pride here listening to you. (laughs) He's he's a great. He sounds like a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's a fantastic um, child, and well, sorry, young man. Now he'll be 24 next next week. They're Um, always your child, though. (laughs) And I hope that wasn't too hard for you, Keen, over the years, like having to live with me. I know it was the only thing I'd say, like honestly, uh, as, as someone just to sort of uh, make it more aware of the condition, is that it can It's it's very it's very difficult seeing your own mother uh, not being able to do very simple stuff that she always wants with like friends and family because of a condition. Like for example, there, there was a period where uh, she actually wanted to go to um, 
uh, to Athlone with a friend of hers um, on the train. But the problem was, the minute we got on the train and the doors closed, we had to call the uh, the the conductor, like as an emergency, and to be let off because my mum just had a full blown panic attack. And but despite that, my mum persevered as as much as she could with absolutely everything. She pushed through and. Uh, even in moments where I could see that she, you know, a, pa- a moment of panic was coming on, she, you know, she would um, either have have a moment to sort of take a breather, try and just refresh herself and mentally prepare herself, or just, you know, grab my hand and just and just uh, said a few prayers and such. <laughs> Say the odd head, no, Mary, uh, as you're going somewhere. I can understand that. No, my, as I was just saying at the start, of my my own mother had it, and she was a woman that travelled, you know, with, with with my dad, and they're, they're both gone now, but they travelled together on planes and trains, the usual. And they went, your, 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 your story actually is so similar. They went to Salt Hill and Galway way back in the 80s and they got onto one of those kind of rocket simulators and the minute the door closed, uh, darkness, she lost it. She absolutely lost it. I never seen anything like it. I was there, screened the place down, had to be let out, caused mayhem. And never again could you go into the likes of a cubicle. Um, you know, you want to go to the toilet somewhere, you know, you, you need to, can, you, can I use your toilet? Had to go somewhere that was open. Uh, and the same thing with the handbag. I had to stand at the door or my dad had to stand there saying, you're okay, couldn't lock the door. And so it's it's really, it's crippling. Yeah, no, it really is. It generally very is. Because um, it's uh, like, <laughs> it, it, it gets very annoying as well whenever I hear people who are just oh yeah no I have a bit of claustrophobia and it's like no you don't you you like yeah people can get uncomfortable of course and that's that's completely valid within um uh, like elevators or very tight and narrow spaces but it's just like the amount of times I've seen people completely dismiss my mother's condition and just kind of not really keep it in mind it just gets very very aggravating especially with um the stuff that she tries to persevere with on on the daily you know, you can be very proud of this young man. I think you can be proud of each other because you're each other's strength by the sounds of it. Oh no, he, he's actually fantastic. And I mean, we did have some great times. We, I'm sure, Keen has some fabulous memories. Like up until, he, you know, I did take the full first blown panic attack when it all came back when Keen was five. He, we were on three holidays a year. We had a blast. We had a great time. But I mean, we've had our own fun as well, where there was restrictions, where we watched a lot of movies together and, you know, different things. And we went on picnics and up as far as the park or, yeah, we, we did have a good time ourselves. Just mainly the restrictions would be like the motorway and the hardest part for me having to deal with it and the hardest part for Kean to witness me having to deal with was explaining myself mm. and so you're you're already stressed because you're you know you're going to be put in a situation that's going to make you panicky so you're going to try and avoid that I mean I go into the bridge centre and in my head I count one two three up to ten it's ten steps between the front to get to the next exit and I and as I'm talking away to a friend they don't even know I'm doing You're that. constantly watching. I'm constantly, constantly looking for the escape but I'm there smiling I'm laughing I'm joking they have no idea that I'm even doing that in my head so it's constantly, but then it's the, as I said, the hardest part for me, I don't, I've accepted it. I've accepted that this was my life and whatever, but is the constant explaining and yeah. where people have said to me, for God's sake, you really have to do something yourself. Yeah. You have to help yourself or you have, and I'd say, but you look at me, I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm yeah. showered, I've makeup on. Is that not helping myself? Just tell these people to shag off. <laughs> Mind your own shagging business. Get off. You know, stop annoying me. <laughs> well, I want to say uh, this young man, thank you very much for, for joining. And uh, it's, you, you've, ex- you've explained it very well. And thank you for, for your time this morning. No worries. And thank you. 
Mind have my I'll, I'll get her I'll get her back saving <laughs> saving town. Don't worry. Thank you very much, and uh, I'll, I'll let you go. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, but that, yeah, what an amazing man! I've just you've just given me an example. There's a perfect example now. You're walking into we say somewhere like the Bridge Centre in Tullamore. Yeah, and there's probably people right there right now. Don't even think twice about it. No. And you're going one, two, three, four, five, exit. One, two, three. Yeah. I'm at the other side and you're out. Yeah. That, that's an incredible... I'm uh, still smiling and cracking I'm jokes. I'm still smiling. And, and no one has a clue I'm doing that. There you go. We're, we're, we're talking to Sarah and uh, we're, I'm going to take a, uh, an ad break if, if I may. And Nelly's on the phones out there. We're getting her messages. And uh, Liam, I've got a fear of being on my own in case I drop dead. Okay, uh, I don't know what that's called, uh, being by yourself. Um, but look, on the latter part, of it, if, we, if we if we drop dead, there's nothing we can do about that, sadly. Uh, I know somebody who gets nervous putting on clothes, uh, or clo- that's a strange one, or being up in the attic, um, and he feels trapped in the attic. It, the text came in a bit strangely, but that's what I can gather from, gather from it. Uh, Liam, one day I was sitting in my car with my granddaughter. My partner had got out to go to the shop, and he'd done what he'd never done. He locked the door. I immediately became hysterical trying to find a way out of the car. I was so bad I forgot my granddaughter was in the car. She was 28 but she herself sat in awe and distressed at what was happening as was afraid to open her mouth. Uh, She had never seen that happen to me before. It's life-changing, Liam. I'm like that lady. I look for my escape route and that's from Anne. So there's a a case. Can I respond to that? You can. Well, when I'm in somebody's car and say we're only going around to the garage or somewhere like that, as soon as, and even a friend of mine, you're probably going to read out her letter in a few minutes. She has witnessed this with me. She'll pull up. She's getting petrol. I open the passenger door. I put my put my foot in between the opening of the door and there, so it can't get jammed. And I leave the door open while she goes in to get and pay for petrol. Isn't it amazing? And that's how much in case I am jammed anywhere. So let's say to you, you are not alone, caller. You are not yeah. alone. Either of you are not alone. And uh, this comes in from uh, Maureen in Mount Melick. Liam, I understand completely how awful claustrophobia is. I have a different phobia. Uh, I fear sickness and death. A fear of death is thanatophobia. I am terrified that I would die and never see my family again. Never enjoy a nice meal again. Never enjoy my hobbies again. I keep thinking I have something wrong with me. It all started when I was a child and my elderly father got cancer. He was 62 years old when I was born. People laugh at my fears. They laugh at me. But believe me, there are days when I cry my heart out. It's horrible. I'm 65 now, Liam, and I suffer from this for most of my life, says Maureen. Isn't that desperate? Desperate have to have to go through all that, and um, I want to go to an ad break as well. I do have actually yes, I have a, your your friend Jay has a text the program. I, I got a copy to you just before we we went on air. I'm going to read out that as well. Uh, but if you're if you're listening and you've got a phobia, and I believe we've got a a lady in Donegal actually listening to the program. Good morning, caller. Uh, we'll we'll get to you in a few minutes. Who has acrophobia? That's I think that's open spaces, isn't it? Uh, but right now we're talking to Sarah, and if you're listening and you have a condition like this, uh, please give us a call. You're very welcome to take part. Right. Um, Oh, amazingly, I'm delighted that we're going to go to uh, Donegal. We have a Donegal caller uh, who's listening. Uh, caller, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Liam. That's right. You're on with uh, yes. Liam here on Middle Road Three. Uh, you've been listening to to the story this morning. Yes, I listen to your station every day. I love. Well, we're delighted station. to have you. Oh, thank you. You're very Thank welcome. You. you you live in a beautiful county of Donegal. Now, uh, you you have am I right? You've acrophobia. Yes, I have, Liam. I have it for the last thirty-seven years. Is that the fear? Is that open spaces? It's the fear of fear of open spaces. Now I've come to terms with it over the years, with the help 
of, I won't name him, but my brother-in-law. Uh, I wouldn't be here today without him. Uh, I also suffer with depression and anxiety. Oh, uh, at the minute here now, you probably can hear the shake in my voice. But anyway, yeah, I've come to terms with it, but um, I've gone away now in about three weeks. So I'm getting myself ready for this because it's the fear of, you know, uh, say even going to supermarkets, going to the airport. That's where I would kind of feel panicky. Uh, once I'm on the plane, then I'm fine, you know, or places like that. It's it's the fear of open, you know, spaces. And so if you're in a large shop, shopping centre or a oh large mall or centre. I'm clutching the trolley. Now, not all the times, as I said, I've come to terms with it, but I'm clutching onto the trolley, going around the supermarket, and I feel, oh, my God, everybody is looking at me. They know there's something wrong with me. I could feel drunk. I could be light in the head, sick stomach, and I'm gripping the trolley. You know, my legs are shaking. Um, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But that, um, and, and so you're now readying yourself for, for, for a journey. I am. And I know when I meet up with my family, I'll be fine. You know, um, it's, it's just that moment, just, I suppose, between now and then, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And will I be OK? There's always the fear of well, when I go to these places, you know, like abroad, will I be OK? I know I will. I'll have my medication, bring extra medication just in case I would need it. But as I said, family is a great thing great support, you know, it's just the symptoms of fear. Now, Sarah, we it's, have this lady with agoraphobia and, and a bad case of it, so it's it's amazing what, what, it, what it does, isn't it? Yeah, well, when I went to my doctor in the lockdown, um, what was happening was I actually went and went outside the front and that was my outlet was just to go for walks. And I took this really, really bad panic attack as far as I reached the green because I couldn't see anywhere that actually was opened. No shops, no nothing. And I thought, God, so I said, don't tell me I'm getting agoraphobia on top of claustrophobia because one is fear of being trapped, the other is fear of open spaces, which is agoraphobia. And then when I went to my doctor and he did a lot of research himself, that's when we actually worked out it was actually clethrophobia I had on top of the claustrophobia, which is just the whole meaning of a fear of being trapped. It doesn't matter if you're in a, a park or as that lady says, it's, you know, an open area. Why would, That's what clethrophobia is. A lot like agoraphobia. And, and can I ask you, uh, caller, when, when you go for, we'll say, a walk during the day or today is Saturday, you might go for a stroll. Uh, you must have a pl- only certain places you can go to because uh, like everywhere outside is open. Well, it's like this lane. The sun is shining here in Donegal this morning. Now, I will go out and I'll sit outside in the garden seat. Now, I don't walk very much because... Um, Sometimes I feel, oh, my God, I'm all walking to the left side or I'm walking to the right side. My head is spinning. Um, my eyes can get blurry. Now, this isn't all the t- this is, Well, it is a lot of the times. But because I have it 37 years uh, and with the help of my family, um, I just keep saying to myself, you know, I have to do this. Now, the sweat can be pouring off me or whatever. I can feel clammy, sick, but I have got to do this. I have well, good to on you. It. Good on you. I admire if you. I don't you're... fight it. 
Yeah, it's either fight or flight. It's either, and I fight it or else run away from it. Well, now good on you. And thank you for, for a big, and I'm delighted you came on the programme today. What's, what's your first name? Esther. Esther. And you know what? It has been a stigma for years with me, even working throughout years. I'm not a Donegal woman. I'm from the Midlands originally. I'm from Clara, County Offaly. Ah, no, well. But Good I'm on you, Esther. And thank you. Well, well, I hope I can help somebody else. Well, you, you certainly have, and you, you have people commenting on 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 what you said today, and they're they're full of praise for you for facing it, and and good on you, Esther. Thank you. And uh, I've a soft spot for Donegal. I worked up there many years ago. I love your county. Oh. I love the place. And thank you. For, thanks for taking part in our program. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank Esther. you. Mind and, and mind yourself. Take care. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, we're getting. Um, oh, by the way. Uh, that lady and the lady in the car the granddaughter uh, Liam please tell Sarah what I do now is I leave my passenger door open thank you Sarah for, for that yeah, that's, so she's you see everything is about coping mechanisms it's like I will constantly have a bottle of water in my hand constantly constantly everywhere I go in fact I have an aunt that used to keep saying why why do you have that and I said to do I have to have it. So everyone has coping mechanisms. Your comfort, your comfort yeah. thing. And my right, phone yeah. in my hand, you know, things like that. So if it never happens, so you learn, you learn coping skills. You well, know? You're, well, that's, that's, uh, these are little things that are important. Yeah. Uh, Liam, my phobia is escalators. I just break out in a desperate sweat even looking at them. I remember when I was boarding a plane in America, no other way to get on. So two guards carried me down. They thought it was hilarious, as did my sister. You have to wonder what that kind of assholes out there like laughing at someone like with that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, Liam, I stay in a room that has no windows. In work, there are some offices that have no windows. I could just not function in it. It's just not possible for me to work in a room with no windows. Isn't that, isn't that terrible? I mean, I've worked in a room with no windows, so I, I can imagine. Uh, and you're quite, even now as we speak now, we're, we're in a room where there's a door open, there's a window behind us. Uh, Esther said the sun shining in Donegal. I wish it was shining in the Midlands. It's not shining down here. Um, we have a letter, or we have a message in from uh, a pal of yours, uh, Sarah. She's a very, very good friend. She's a good friend of yours, uh, Jay. Uh, as a close friend of Sarah, I witnessed firsthand the debilitating, debilitating effects of her living with claustrophobia and claustrophobia and the ongoing, consistent and persistent negative impact it's had on Sarah's life on an often moment-by-moment basis. This has caused her to miss out on many activities and although nothing has completely cured her, some strategies she has implemented has momentarily brought relief and enabled her to actually occasionally partake in triggering activities. Take examples of situations that due to claustrophobia and claustrophobia that Sarah has faced which have directly influenced her decisions in saying yes or no to things include not being able to attend meetings above the ground floor in government buildings as well as not being able to take a stroll across to the town park which you spoke about or not being able to travel by train or by car to various destinations by motorway including to Galway Cork and Dublin even just going to Clara in County Offaly is physically detrimental and mentally daunting for her for her to feel safe, she needs to have an escape route on hand, so to speak. There have been numerous occasions whereby I've had to say, stay on the phone with her while she's walking outdoors, just because and simply because the fear and panic she experiences due to her conditions has left her physically sick and nearly completely immobilised. There have also been occasions whereby when driving in Tullamore town, Sarah could not initially get out of the car to walk the short distance to the building we were entering because she felt there was nowhere on the street for her to escape to if necessary. 
and being in an open space felt extremely threatening to her. As you can imagine, this would have substantial knock-on effects on your psychology as well as on your mentality. Awareness and understanding of these conditions and the challenges that are faced for those people like Sarah are extremely important in helping to lessen the stigma attached and to make life a little bit more bearable and inclusive for Sarah and others that are out there like her. Indeed, Sarah has encountered stigma over the years, which of course only adds a significant amount of unnecessary stress and worry to an already stressful condition. Alongside the importance of raising awareness and being knowledgeable of other people's reality and life experiences is the showing of and giving support and care to people on their own personal journey. Alongside being accommodating to the requirements without judgment as they often already face many judgments and throwaway remarks over having claustrophobia and claustrophobia. And I know, Liam, how much it means to Sarah for society to have at least some true understanding of these conditions without having to always explain or justify herself. Thank you and warmest wishes, Jay. That's lovely. That's lovely. And she means every single word of that. And I was talking to her just before I came on the show and I was talking to her yesterday evening and she herself um, suffers from different situations where there, as we call them, myself and my friend, hidden illnesses where we have our hair done, we have our makeup on, we are dressed nicely and people are like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't have anything wrong with you or whatever. So People she herself amazing. had to fight, and she's a journalist, and she always looked well. She can speak well. She can, you know, for her to fight and explain then what she has to go through. She put so. that very well, and she explained yes, it very, she did, very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anne in Clumbalogan County Offaly said she understands completely what Sarah is saying. Uh, she won't go asleep if the light is off. She also fears escalators and has to leave the bathroom door open. So, yes. Uh, here's one for you. Before I go to the ad break, uh, Sarah, um, can I ask you, somebody like Keith Barry? Yeah. Hypnosis. Yeah. Would That's that work? That's a good question you brought up because a lot of people have said that to me. Well, I take the ad break first and then talk about that. Yes, if you wish, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that. We'll, ta- we'll take a quick ad break and uh, because we're being asked that this morning and uh, could Sarah go to someone like Keith Barry? Uh, people seem to be cured. That famous word can be cured. We'll talk about that after the break. Here's one, the fear of clowns. Liam, I've got a terrible fear of clowns. Seriously. Now, I mean the ones in a circus, Liam, not the ones you meet in everyday town and city in the world. You know, there's enough clowns out there. Most of them are running the bloody country. But uh, yeah, clowns. Uh, Liam, thank you so much to yourself and Sarah for highlighting this issue. I sincerely hope that it will help people understand better. People with no understanding can cause fierce harm and add to the struggle, says Maureen Emmett Malik. Maureen, thank you. Sarah, yes, before the ad break, we've only got a few minutes left, can you believe? Uh, We mentioned going to somebody like Keith Barry. Yeah, so basically I I can't be hypnotised because of the fact that I won't let my mind relax enough to actually be hypnotised because I feel that I'm going to be trapped. That's part of the whole ah, thing. And of course, you have to let yourself. Yes. Yeah. And so you see, then he will be taking control of me, which of course I would love to, because I went to hypnotherapy before and um, the lady up in Dublin, she was 100 euros. And as soon as I got back in the, in the chair and, you know, she said, lie back. And she was saying, relax and take a deep breath. I just jumped up. I said, no. Because I'm not in control. I'm just thinking, even somebody like going going to the dentist or something, something like that, where you're yeah. kind of restricted. That's yeah. And then I was in hospital last week. I was diagnosed with diverticulitis, and I was actually in in hospital for over a week. And um, then I was bedridden for six weeks. And I got home, but I still didn't get an MRI scan because I, they brought me down all right. And as soon as they went to, even to tell me to get into it, I just went hysterical. So. 
Yeah. I'm just hoping that's all it was that I had. What did I say? Into the polo mint. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we've heard that a lot uh, of people that just can't face going into it. I, I have to admire anybody and I, I, you hear these stories and you've, you've told it yourself of people who can I make, not make little of it, but just an ignorance of it. That's, yeah, I mean, that's ignorant ignorance. people. Yeah. People who just don't understand, don't give. The worst know. thing that was ever, I've been called loads of different things, um, but the worst word that was ever used when I, I was actually working with a girl, we were actually doing a job at a Dublin airport and we went to get to go as far as the lift and I said, I can't go in the lift. And she said to me, you're so weird. And that was probably the hardest, the hardest part, you know. So there's been loads of different things. Or there's oh, names so, for people like so that. Strange, or yeah, or, you know, really that it, it is the harder part for me. I can deal with it. I can live with it. But the harder part is constantly explaining myself. What message? Now that you have you've have, you've have a platform at the minute to, to give yeah. people a message. What message would you give at at seven minutes to eleven? What message would you give people this morning who are listening? Just basically what I learned was nobody has any idea what anybody's going through in life unless they're living it themselves. People can explain to the cows come home by what they're dealing with, but nobody will understand it unless they're going through it themselves. And my message is just people just be kind and just be aware and just realize that already before I even open my eyes in the morning, I have another day of struggle ahead of me. I don't want sympathy. I don't want anything. I just want people to become aware of how hard things are for some people in life, whether it's osteoarthritis in their back or whether it's um, a physical condition or a mental condition. But phobias are real and they are real. How do you feel now? Um, well, I feel, to be honest with you, I feel proud of having to listen to my son. That I can't have done too bad a job if he's well able to talk like that. He certainly can, yeah. So, um, and I feel good that like I have really good friends in my life. I have very, very good friends, I have to be honest. And I have a lovely son, as I said. And I have um, a lovely auntie who's listening at the moment. And um, great family as well. So I'm very lucky. That's important, isn't it? The, the support structure that's in place. Yeah. Well, I think what you've done is is amazing, and there's so now I know we we've we've talked about a couple of phobias. We mentioned acrophobia, but there's so many phobias out there that people that have that probably half of us don't even understand or haven't heard of. I mean, I'd never heard of uh, clethrophobia. I I just didn't I didn't get it. Uh, but yet, as you've been here, there is such a thing. Yeah, there is. So you have come in. You've done it. And yes. I, I know that you, you were you were you were apprehensive. I was. <laughs> but you've made it. I did. You are the living proof that it can be done. It can be. And I hope that I've raised a little bit of awareness and thanks to everybody who listened in and maybe people will be a little bit more understanding and a little bit kinder to other people. And just because we look okay and we're smiling and we've got makeup on doesn't mean that it's what's going on inside isn't the same. You couldn't put it better. Uh, yeah. There's one in. Uh, most of these conditions are stress and anxiety related. Why yeah. not try the, It's is it the Chiron, Chiron, C-H-I-R-E-N, uh, Chiron Therapy Clinic in Limerick. We brought our son there and he was cured of fibromyalgia, which is also stress related. That's to do, I think, with, with tiredness I and fatigue. I would if I could travel. You can't travel, of course. Jesus, yeah. How yeah. would you get to Limerick? I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. So that's the whole thing. That's incredible. Yeah. How would you get to Limerick? How would you do? I don't know what to say to you almost, Sarah. It'll be fine, honestly. Like, I feel fine. like going, will, I, 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 part of me feels like saying, will you, do you see, 
do you ever see an end to it? Do you ever see no. you getting over it? I mean, how do I, how do I say it? That no, sounds right. That's not being pessimistic. I don't. I mean, yes, of course, if I want, I can go on a flight, like if I really want to. But I'd have to have a good few drinks on me and take at least four Xanax, which are extremely strong. So you're completely out of it. You're literally knocking yourself out, though. You know, yeah. and I mean, I missed out on, on going to Dublin from my twin niece's christening. Um, I missed out on my sister's wedding. Um, I've missed out on so much. I, I mean, the one thing I'm not going to miss out on is my son's graduation. Good on you. So if I have to be completely drugged... Come hell or high water, you'll be there. I will, I will be there. I love it. I will be there. Good point to finish on. Sarah, you have been a pleasure to talk to. Thank you, Liam. I think in in that hour that we've chatted, goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, very fast. Yeah. Uh, you've helped a lot of people. People are uh, saying thank you. People are saying thank you for highlighting it. And thank you for going in and showing that it can be talked about. Yeah. So thank you, Sarah. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. Here, here. Yeah. My own mother had it. I know what it's like. I know what you're going through. Nothing to be ashamed of. We'll leave it on that note. Thank you, Sarah, for coming in. And uh, thank you to your son for coming on. And to our to Esther up in Donegal. Love that call. And fair to for calling. Uh, and to, to Jay's letter. And for all your texts. Nelly, thank you for, for getting all the texts and the messages through to us. Nelly runs this show. Uh, Nelly's incredible. She, she just looks after everything. Uh, the minute you walk in, you, you see her there. And she looks after people when they come in. So thanks, Nelly. Uh, back with you next week on the show Live and Dangerous as somebody said one t- t- during the week you're live and dangerous don't know about dangerous but uh, we'll be live for sure and uh, well, look whatever you want to talk about whatever it is that's on your mind and we might start getting a bit more badass too because there's an awful lot happening you know politics and stuff that we might not agree with I might just start having a having a few opinions on what's been happening and there's a few things that were said during the week about the elections and some anniversaries we marked that are kind of galling me and I might just open my big fat gob and talk about it. That's what we're going to do. So next week, watch out. I'm going to come after you. Somebody says, when are you going to start going after the politicians? I intend to. I intend to. <laughs> <laughs>